Either they love you or they hate you or they don't judge you. It is what it is. 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 What up, world? It's your boy. We're here with Lingo Inc. with another great episode of Open Minds. Uh, today we're here to talk about Haitian voodoo, the misconceptions of Haitian spirituality. Um, throughout time, uh, there's been a lot of uh, misconceptions that has been put on the spirituality practices of voodoo. And uh, we have at Dose NYC here, uh, a plant-based uh, blogger slash author. She's coming out with her work soon. Uh, uh, welcome heard to the show everybody <laughs> so uh at those nyc what what uh do you do as far as a plant-based blogger that's very important um for everybody to eat healthy and change their lifestyle so we i applaud you and I thank you for adding us. So what do you do so so people can follow you and uh, your work? Yes, yes. So um, after going vegan about six or plant-based about six years ago, I wanted to share a lot of like recipes I was using just because a lot of friends and family were always asking how I was eating and what I was cooking and they were looking for healthier ways to eat. So I wanted to start blogging and sharing my recipes. Um, and then I continued on and started to uh, sell food. I would appear at pop-up shops, um, vending events. Uh, and from there, I met a client who, or a customer who actually wanted me to do meal preps. So I started, I stopped going to the, the, show, the, the pop-up shops and I started doing private uh, meal preps for clients. And then from, and even before that, I was doing like tutorials on YouTube. So I've like been basically like doing a whole bunch of things related to, you know, plant-based uh, cooking. I'm just trying to get the, the word out there and just like spreading positive information in regards to plant-based eating. Um, and then I reached a point where I wanted to share my journey and my experience with others. So uh, last year I started uh, working on a book called Green Soul Rising, which I self-published earlier this year in, in spring. And um, I was able to self-publish, but I wanted to reach a larger market. And so I, I felt like I needed help in that area. So I looked for a black publishing company and I was able to find one that fit for me. That was a good fit for me. And so we're set to uh, re-release my book by next fall, and it'll be on shelves next fall. Dope. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's amazing. I'm happy for you, and um, I can't wait for it to come out because, you know, a plant-based diet is, like, the best diet anybody can have. You know, eating meat totally. causes inflammation and mucus in the body, and it weighs you down, everything, spiritually, all types yeah. of There's vibrations and all that. But, you know, I know everybody... It's hard to let go of uh, stuff they've been conditioned to for so long and, you know, the seasoning and all that. But um, so I want to get I, I spoke with you before and I brought you on the show because you have vast knowledge because you've done the work and you are connected back to your roots of Haitian voodoo. Mm -hmm. And through time yeah. there, you know, through, you know, West, especially Western civilization, they have deemed, uh, you know, Haitian voodoo as this 
type of sorcery and, uh, you know, but yet again, uh, Haitian voodoo has freed Haitian people from bondage and tyranny. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's negative connotations that's put on the spirituality itself. And, um, you know, as far as uh, the ancestors, uh, this is the spirituality that they've done through time. Uh, and yet yeah. I know through, uh, through time, uh, you know, Catholicism has made its way to, you know, islands and other places in the world. And people mm -hmm. have abandoned their own old traditional ways for I guess something else other than that. Mm -hmm. But I wanna I want you to tell the people your story, your journey, because um it, it shows a lot. You didn't you just wasn't uh jumped into this or wasn't into it. Yeah. Uh, it took you to really do a lot of work and to really understand and you've done that work and this is what people need to hear. Um all the misconceptions because a lot of fear that's put like to even look um, on it, um, to even practice anything, just talk about it. Mm -hmm. anything. There's a lot of fear. So I want you to explain yeah. your story and then we're going to get into Haitian voodoo and what it entails. Yeah. So I grew up in a very traditional Christian Catholic household. I was sent to Catholic school for about 10 years. That was, so that's considered elementary school and middle school. I went to a public high school, but then I went back to a Catholic university for four years. And I, you know, while I was, you know, in the Catholic faith, I felt like I resonated with a lot of the general um, morals and the, the commandments and, and the beliefs. Um, there were always some things that um, I probably if, if I was, if I were ever to be presented with a different notion of how the world worked, I probably would have looked at that and, and kind of compared and used logic. Um, when I was younger, I remember um, watching a documentary called Zeitgeist and that kind of compared Catholicism to astrology with the sun of God and the sun setting and, and the rising and the resurrection. And that analogy, I was super young and I remember thinking like, this actually makes more sense. But I kind of went back to religion thinking like, oh, this is blasphemous. As I got older, um, and when I was in, in university, that's that's really when um, Catholicism was portrayed in a more philosophical sense. And even before I watched any documentary, like, you know, um, that shed light on our black history, true black history, at that moment, I realized that I I didn't really need to keep practicing this Catholic faith. I feel like it. I received a very basic moral foundation and I could like just kind of move on and not necessarily, I wasn't even really spiritual at that moment. It was more like, I know what my morals are. I know how to be a good person. I don't really need to be in the church and go to the church every Sunday and all of that. Um, uh, midway through university, I watched the Hidden Colors documentary, which I'm sure a lot of people have seen. Uh, and that, uh, basically dove into different elements of black history, the spiritual uh, truth of our African, um, African spirituality is what hit me the most and made, made me really feel like I was duped. I've, I'd been duped. Uh, so that's actually how I started becoming plant-based. I, I, I wanted to 
be more spiritual and uncover more of the truths and the mysteries of African spirituality. And I found that really following quickly, sorry to yes. interrupt. What part okay. did you feel duped about exactly that you found out? I felt like a lot of what they were trying to convey to us was very scientific and less about, and, and they applied to things that were more scientific and more elemental and more um, th basically things that we go through in our bodies, in the universe were personified and they, they kind of made us worship these elements and they literal. And that's how I felt. And, and there who was a, there is a narrative. Who do you I'm feel sorry? like is they is like the powers that be like who the powers that be okay. the powers that be, because you know, uh, my opinion the um there was there was a there was a there's a way that i feel especially when it came to the captivity of black people um there there is this narrative that you know right now we're living we're suffering but there's this greater place after death and we must wait for that and and while we're being you know oppressed by certain groups and we had this conversation about certain groups um christ will forgive them and there is no there is no repentance on our end there, i mean there's no for, you know we need to forgive them because and, and i think there's like um a confusion perhaps and and not enough um of a of a motivation to take action to do for self i, I really felt like there was a lot of reliance on Jesus Christ as a as a figure to save us from this hell on earth, and then, and then people and was, then people yeah. are have the savior complex. Yes, it's like vicarious atonement. I, I I looked at everything and I was like, wow, you know, even if you know Christianity, we, we know that Christianity originated in Ethiopia, but it was. Um, taken and and certain elements were focused on, and then they changed the imagery and they changed the narrative, sort of, and and they did it in a way to um, oppress people. It was used as a tool of oppression, and that's really the problem I had with. It. And I think that's why a lot of a lot of especially a lot of black people they they sort of move away from the the Christian church because of that. And and late in and as you move on into your spiritual journey, you sort of. Um, I think there's like a shunning of Christianity. And as you get older and you start to understand, like the Bible can be used as a historical text. It can be used as a reference at some points, at some times. Um, and you start like looking at certain things and looking past the actual, like the personification of certain things. And you see like, wow, like the Christ element actually within us, like the, the rebirthing, like, like when we, when we, right. whenever we, we, we um, wake up then every day that we wake up, we have a chance to, to start over again. If, if we like, for example, for myself, um, I was eating meat for half of my life. And then I was like, let me read, you know, read, uh, create myself and become plant-based and eat healthier. So, um, yeah. So, so I started to look at it, look at it as like that. Um, and yeah, so from, uh, hidden colors that's when I, uh, so the spiritual parts that were touched upon, that's when I started to realize that a lot of 
religion essentially was all very much connected. It just, um, it, you know, these energies spread out all over the world and people would give it, give the same or similar energies, different names. And that's why um, sometimes we're able to like connect ancient Egyptian deities to like some of the saints in the Bible or even some of the laws in Haiti. Right. Yeah. So you had an awakening through hidden colors and then everything started going from there. And so yes. when, what, at what point was you like, you know what, I'm going to go back to my roots and, 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 and go back to Haitian voodoo. Yeah. So that actually took, that actually happened closer to the end of last year because be, prior to that, I was, I dove straight into ancient comedic um, uh, spirituality. I felt very connected to Hetheru, otherwise known as Horus, otherwise known in Greek mythology as Venus, um, only because my sign is Libra and I, and I have a lot of Venus in my chart. And so I just connected to that and I would work with her energy. Um, she has, she's, you know, she's a mother energy, divine feminine um, and I felt like, you know, I have, I have a, a direct bloodline to Haiti, the island of Haiti. And there is, Haiti is a very powerful place, a very a mystical uh, land, nation, um, deeply rooted. And because of, um, because of slavery, that allowed for those indigenous peoples and the native peoples of Africa and West Africa to come and come together and create what is known as Haitian voodoo. And I started to do some research and there are a lot of, and even aside from, you know, your own family that's telling you that Haitian voodoo is steeped in satanic energy and it's all evil. Um, even when you're studying Haitian voodoo and those priests and priestess known as Ungan and Mombos, they will tell you, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, you know, don't even approach, you know, don't even mess with it because it's a very strict uh, structure and there are rules and you need to come with honor and respect and you don't want to deal with things that you have no knowledge of. So I, I pretty much, just took my time with it. I knew that eventually I would be more comfortable, um, maybe at some point practicing, but I just wanted to make sure that I knew exactly what I was talking about, what, what, exactly what I was doing. Right. So um, it wasn't until earlier this year, I had an essence reading and I was given information through a Haitian mumbo. And she told me about uh, two very specific laws that actually um, chose me at birth. And there are three different ways of um, having, and, 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 and in every, in other cultures, such as Yoruba culture with the Orishas, there are people who are chosen as well. Um, and it's, it's just a matter of, of at the time where you're born or in the spirit world, they, they choose you, or there is a sense of um, uh, inheritance. You have like generational spirits that are sort of with each family member as every as any as every generation um, enters or be, becomes incarnate, um, or there are people who uh, they call by they they like 
maybe find a priestess or a priest and they spend money to receive these energies so that they can they can serve them in their life and they can ask for certain things and they would receive it um so i had this reading and i was given this information and as soon as that happened i kind of just dove in because at this point i knew that there was a real connection and and it was not only a connection this is my heritage this is my culture um and there and and just knowing already knowing the main i, I know every every haitian knows the the ritual, I guess we'll talk about this uh, during the interview, the Bois which is the most famous ritual that jump-started the Haitian Revolution. And to know that there were sacrifices made and there were spirits called upon and there were requests that were made. And there was a result that was that ended up in Haiti being the first Black Republic. And the fact that the people have, most people, I, I would say the the general population or those who are elite or the face of Haiti have turned their backs or tried to repress and suppress this spirituality is very disrespectful because for for the energy and the help, the assistance that was given during that time, I think that's, um, I wanted to make sure that I did my part in showing respect and honor so for it's my all, heritage. So uh, peace, love and light, respect and honor to all mm -hmm. religions and whatever people believe in so yes when i think about the haitian revolution I, I like i remember during the haitian earthquake there was a uh a preacher uh a white preacher here in the states i seen this on youtube or somewhere and he said that the haitian people practice uh devil worship to free themselves from bondage and oppression so if you think logically about that somebody or people that are being oppressed and killed and mauled called on their spiritual ancestors and deities to help them and because they mm -hmm. did that they're devil worshiping yeah so what is the other <laughs> side doing that's my thing so if they're devil if you're killing people and and putting people in body what are you doing is that is that god worshiping exactly. so this is where the rhetoric goes, and there's been a connotation about this, and you know, like information and knowledge about your own spirituality. I mean, the thing is for me, like when you look at history, right? Everybody, if everybody can do their own history, they'll uh, they'll find out beyond the fear or whatever the connotation. Just go do research, your own research. That's what those NYC has done, her own research. She, she had to dive in deep. She's uh, uh, an angelic soul. She's here talking about plant-based. There's nothing devil about anything, okay? First of all, no. the real devil is what you create yourself, okay? In yeah. your house, in your mind, that's really what it is. If you do not know, go do your own research. Go with inside yourself. you find out all the answers. That's all I can say. So that's why, uh, you know, when... You think about Haiti and the revolution, and then they conjure up as uh, these spirits to free themselves, right? So this is where the connotation comes, and um, and then Christianity came, and you look at the history of Christianity, uh, you know, even different versions like the King James uh, version, but 
do your history on King James to see who he really was, to have his own version. Um, uh, you talk about, you, you know, Christianity is is a very, very uh, young religion. And it's taken, uh, it's what you said earlier, uh, most of its substance from the Egyptians, Osiris and Iris, like, you can look this stuff up. The whole sun and everything is just, uh, you know, and this is where the skepticism comes because if you look at the Crusaders, so the, here you have African people or natives of the land that, are, you know, practicing their own spirituality. And then you have the Crusaders, do your research on the Crusaders, that came with the Bible and said, if you do not worship and follow this Bible, we're going to slaughter everybody on your land. And some didn't, and their whole land got slaughtered. And some said, you know what? All right, we'll, you know, we'll study this. So now they're studying somebody else's spirituality. That has nothing to deal with them. There's books taken out of it, like the Book of Enoch, for example, taken out of it. And there's so much confusion behind it all that I even talked to a preacher and he's been uh, a preacher for 25 years. And he told me, he's like, you're right. Um, I've been studying the Bible for 25 years, and he still doesn't understand it. So this is where the skepticism comes. And then if you want to look up the burial sites of any character in, you know, in the Bible, you can't find them. But yet again, we can go to Egypt, and we can go to their tombs. I mean, so there's a lot of skepticism, skepticism that comes uh, you know, with Christianity, uh, like I said, respect. Uh, I grew up Catholic myself, so respect to, you know, Christianity, Catholicism and all that. And um, just these are just the facts that's out there. And it's not nothing to there's not nothing to argue. This is an educational piece and uh, you can feel mm -hmm. free to uh, put in any comments of, of anything that, you know, personally or whatever. But, you know. What's, uh, you know, then we can talk about sources and whatever the case is, you know. But, so let's get back to the Haitian Revolution. So the Haitian Revolution, it was very dark. You know, a lot of people were dying. Slaves were dying, brutally murdered. So yeah. the only way they, they feel like they can free themselves is to go back to their roots, which was yes. Haitian voodoo. And, and um, so during this uh, ritual, uh, I believe you told me in the prior conversation that um, there was a, a, you know, a misconception that they sacrificed a hog or something like that. Uh, yes. In yes. They, they, so the story, so the narrative goes, the, the narrative that most Haitians and other people who study the Haitian revolution, the most famous and most powerful ritual or the most famous ritual a voodoo ritual took place in Boakaima, which was in a wooded area in Haiti. Um, and the purpose of that ritual was to call upon two in a very fierce um, uh, spirits, uh, two luas, and uh, to help to assist and give a power to the African and indigenous um, slaves, essentially, to help defeat the French and the, the, the colonizers. Uh, and the first law was Erzuli Dantor. And she is a very intense, very fiery mother energy. She is considered to be the mother of Haiti, um, above all. 
Um, and the second uh, uh, the, uh, energy and spirit was Ogu or Ogun, Ferai. And he's known as Ogu in West Africa. He he's an energy that came from West Africa, landed in Haiti, brought over by the the slaves, the cap, the the soldiers. Because um, a lot of a lot of the the male soldier, a lot of the uh, sorry, the, a lot of the male uh, slaves were also soldiers. So they also used to work with Ogu back on the continent, and they were very aware of this. So this is also an energy that's coming from West Africa. Um, so during this ritual there were there was um dutty bookman who was a maroon from jamaica um sold over in haiti and another um uh there was another mumbo cecil fatima i believe i'm i have my my notes here just to make sure i'm getting the names correct mm -hmm. uh yes no uh, cecil fatima and um so the the idea was that they were going to call and and um invoke these spirits so that they can fight and oh, sorry, I didn't even mention Ogu is a war god, a war spirit. Really used in, in, in Africa, just like to give like a little story, when they worked with this spirit in Africa during wars, during tribal wars, they would um, invoke these energies into, and the soldiers would invoke these energies during war and they would make sure to do rituals to remove these energies after war. And that's just probably another conversation to as to why they were able to keep that energy balanced and why maybe in, in America, when you know people are going off to a war and coming back with uh, P PTSD, there is this energy that's not being dealt with. So anyway, so that energy was, in, um, was called upon during the ritual and there was supposed to be a black hog that was going to be uh, offered as uh, the, the main offering, blood sacrifice. Um, now, before, as they were going to uh, cut open the neck of the hog, someone in the crowd, one of the participants, became uh, possessed by another energy called Dambala. And Dambala can be uh, compared to the serpent energy in Kundalini uh, meditation. There's a serpent, serpent energy known as he he is uh, he's known to be the first uh, loa of the main god in Haiti, um, a good god, a god uh, who lives by trees and, and rivers, and he deals with rebirth and birth and fertility. So he actually came into the he mounted uh, a participant, and that man's name is Jean Baptiste Vixamar, and he became possessed, and he said. He actually took the dagger from the person who was going to slice open the hog, and he cut open two uh, um, two wounds. He cut open two part. Um, sorry, he cut open uh, right right by his elbows, and blood started to pour. And he told everyone to drink of his blood, and that that energy would be um, given to the participants to help provide more power and to to provide a successful outcome for the revolution. And so he's actually known as the Haitian Jesus Christ, because as we know, the images of Jesus is him on the cross with the two slits and the sacrifice and the idea of rebirth, because Jesus Christ also represents a rebirth, rebirthing type of energy. 
Um, so this is the, the story that's not really told and not really known. Some people talk about it. Some people are trying to say that it's not true, but um, it, it, is, it is a real account because he, his name has been immortalized. They, they talk about him. And, and, and unfortunately, a lot of the history in Haiti um, is retold by the French. A lot of the kids are getting their textbooks from France. So they're not getting the real narratives. And, and even if they are, they're hidden. Um, so, so the French will know it, but they'll, they'll rewrite, rewrite it and, and, and retell it the way they feel it would protect them and their image. Um, so that was a very powerful thing because that just reassures us that there, that, that, that ritual was even more powerful and even more significant than we ever thought. It wasn't just a hog that was, um, that was sacrificed. It was an actual human being. And that is the Christ story being retold in, in human history because that Christ energy always comes into human history. And, and because of certain religions, we, we think that it is only one time, but it's actually multiple times. Um, so that was, that is what is what happened. And after that ritual, then the, the slaves were able to, you know, defeat the French. Um, a lot of times in bare hand combat with machetes, rocks, anything they can find, which was pretty much astounding because, um, you think like these soldiers had guns and they had, you know, they were considered, the French army was considered the greatest army on the planet at that time. And the, and the Haitian, the Haitians and the, basically the Haitians at this point, because the Haitians consisted of the indigenous and the Africans. Um, and they were, they were known as the uh, L'Armée Dijenne, which is basically French for the indigenous army. Um, so we give, we try to give more respect to these fighters to call, to, to name them as an army and not just a, a slaves that were revolting. This was a very organized, um, uh, war. It was a war essentially. Yeah, it was a I, war. It yeah. has not, there has never been a successful revolution like the Haitian revolution mm -hmm. in 1804. And mm -hmm. So that's a lot of real powerful energy. So let's rewind yeah. back and explain what a luar is and how many luars they are. And um, yes, you, I think you explained uh, the main luars, right? The real powerful, powerful energies that people call on, but yes. there's so many of them. And yes, yeah, so what yes, are there luars? Are a lot. So, so luars can be uh, compared to Orishas, but they are not gods, they are spirits and they're created by God. The idea is that they're created by God to help serve men and to help men and to have relationships in terms of not like, you know, it's, it's, it's not like relationships, like romance, you know, but it's like a, a, a connection and it's a co-conspiring um, type of relationship to help, to help men, you know, humans deal with everyday things. Um, so Luas are categorized in about 17 different main categories, uh, but we know, we actually focus on the two main, uh, or many people know two of the, the main categories, which are the um, Rada and the Petuo. And Rada are more of the calmer energies, uh, 
some uh, many of them are from the Dahomeyan um, cult, uh, uh, region of West Africa. That's in Nigeria. And Rada is, I'm sorry, and uh, Petuo is more of the intense, more fiery energies. And a lot of them are from the island themselves. The indigenous people were working with those energies. Um, and these- Are you talking about the Tainos, like the Indians of the land? The Tainos, the Tainos yeah. and the Arawaks, yes. No. And just so we um, have a better understanding, the uh, a lot of, our uh, of our idea of what indigenous people look like are the lighter skin, straight hair, but uh, many of them looked like you and I. They were darker skinned, you know, they had, they looked like, like Africans, you know, um, when Columbus well, landed in Haiti. Yeah, the thing is, there was already black people in, in black Americas, in the Americas, in the, yes. before they were any over. red they were skin Indians came or anything. So yes, mm -hmm. and and yes, please yes, do yes, your yes. research, okay? If you want to know more, yes, yeah. There is a a, a scholar that once said, um, "Africa is our throne, but the earth is our home." So we are we we were just everywhere. We were everywhere. Uh, we were native to the entire planet, and so uh, going back, the Loire. So the Loire are so. Uh, when working with the Loa, um, a lot of times you'll see them being identified as um, or represented in the form of veves. And you could put up picture one, photo one, so we can take a look at what that looks like. These are the veves. Yes. So this symbol so veve, right here. Yes. So veve is essentially the material, the incarnate, um, uh, I guess, um, of what the spirit is. So usually they'd be drawn out in uh, with cornmeal, gunpowder, flour. So who draws these out? Like, does like the spirit come and have somebody draw them out and this is how they know this so, is a symbol? So traditionally, um, it says that these symbols can be found in Africa on the continent, but um, the indigenous people were working with veves already in the island, mm. on the island. And so the people, so because of tradition and culture, people know what these symbols are. So usually in preparation for a ritual, these um, veves will be drawn out uh, on the ground. And this helps to hire the frequency to invite the spirit. And so whenever mm -hmm. offerings are, are, are being um, given, they're usually placed on top of the veve. And uh, so again, every, every, every Lua has a veve. And um, so what you're looking at right now is Papa Legba, and he's the ruler of the crossroads, the ruler of, the, of gateways. And you can kind of see there's a cross in it and there's intricate designs and all of that is to help to um, increase the energy. And um, I don't know, uh, if uh, whoever was aware of the great conjunction that just passed, it actually fell on a Monday and Mondays are his feast days. So he mm -hmm. actually, you know, he's opening the, the gateway for us to enter in, into a new space. So I thought that that was very profound. Um, and I definitely noticed that. Um, but so just during a ritual, usually the veves will be drawn near what's called as a potomitan. And a potomitan is usually like a large, 
um, structure, wooden structure, and you can pull up uh, photo number two to see that. And it could, it's usually a, a wooden structure or it could be a tree and, and the people will build a structure around the tree. And it's um, comparative to the Indian version or what's known as Axis Mundi, which is uh, sometimes we'll see it in drawings as a tree that's, um, that's you know, th there's a tree that's drawn and there are people in the ground and there are like gods up on top. So it's supposed to represent the connection between heaven and earth. Mm. And so the uh, so what you see in the in the center, they actually drew the veve of Papa Legba in the center because whenever you're starting a ritual, every ritual starts with him and it ends with him because he's opening the gateway into the spiritual realm so okay. that you can invoke all the other spirits. So mm. his veve will like, always be drawn first. Wow. Yes, his veve will always be drawn first, and then you'll see the other veves that are in um on other and the outer part of it uh, i see one that's for um Ezuli freda and I, and there are some other ones i can't see right there but right. um it looks like they're they're trying to invite at least four luas into so, this ritual so yeah. four luas equals four different energies four different energies from yes. the spiritual realm and these energies can do or do they specialize in certain type of things Yes. So these energies are very, they, they are like us. They are parts of us. You know, when, when you're dealing with a problem, they, each one is very, they embody the exact energy that you're looking for. So if you're trying, you're looking to gain wealth and, um, and, and love, you'll probably want to deal with Ezuli Freda because she's dealing with luxury and, and her colors are pink and gold. And then you, you're dealing with, um, if you're dealing with like a mother maternal energy, so you would, you would, what would you do with the pink and gold? You would wear that to invite her. To you wear it. You'd wear it. Um, you would wear it. You you can have a personal altar for yourself if you're looking to work with her. Again, like I said, the um, working with the loas are very. You know, people are telling you to be careful because you want to make sure you're giving the correct offerings. You're wanting to make sure that you are going to be committed to working with this law for whichever period of time making sure your requests are are done with pure with a pure heart you want to approach these laws with honor and respect so if you don't know what you're doing it is very uh it's it's advised that you do not work with these laws because if you are not coming to coming to them with a pure heart if you are not uh going to keep your end of the bargain uh havoc can be wreaked upon your life you know and it's not to scare people but it's just the same way if you were to meet a stranger and someone would just come and push you and you just be like hey like you know like you want people to come to you with respect the same way you would respect others so this is exactly what these energies um require when working with them so it seems like where people you know they probably messed up in the past they made a, a deal that they can hold their end of the bargain and that's where the fear comes in and that's where the fear comes in and um and and really it's because of lack of information especially if you're dealing with a family uh, like maybe a grandparent that was working with one and and it's and you you've inherited this energy and things are not really going right in your life or there's something not quite right you, some if you're lucky enough some it will be picked up upon and you'll you'll see someone for help and they'll tell you hey you know this is what was left undone and you need to 
gift offerings. I don't know what the, per, personally, I don't know what the resolutions are for that, but if, but I know one of the, the solutions are to continue giving offerings and to, and to keep um, making sure that that relationship is respected. So who, who interacts with the Luas in a physical sense? Is that the, who's that? Is like a, like a so, so the common or like Orishas? Yeah, so what? it would be compared to like priests and priestesses, so Ugans. Ugans, and, um, okay. So they're like, Ugans, Ugans are, are like priests. priests, okay. Yes, Voodoo priests, and then we have Mumbos, and those are the priestesses, and they are the initiated, the ordained, they are the ones who are very, um, they, they connect with the Lois in a, in a higher level, um, they've been probably uh, born with the gift, or, or um, They've been working with other spiritualists to help um, progress in their abilities. They help. They can help people. They can help heal people uh, with the help of the the loi. Or some could be, you know, used for bad to help curse people. You know, there's a duality in everything. So this is why um, a lot of times, whenever people come across voodoo, it's to help to rectify a problem because someone has sent negative energy their way. So. Um, usually people are seeing the more negative sides of voodoo. So like spiritu spirituality, I tell people, is just like the physical world here. You can go outside and you can deal with beautiful angels or you could go down another block and deal with, you know, X, Y, Z. So it's the same thing yeah. in the spiritual realm. So just, you just mm -hmm. have to, so I, I mean, when, you know, when you hear stuff like this, like I can already tell that people, you know, people are people. It's just like preachers mm -hmm. and churches are people, right? Um, mm -hmm. Some, you know, it just depends who you connect with that gets you in contact with the Luas because I'm sure there are people that monetary gains try to manipulate things and, you know what I mean? When they're in contact and probably do something, you know, maybe because you didn't give them enough money. Who knows, you know? So you have to, you have to be very careful who you're associating with to even get you in contact Yes. With, with these powerful uh, beings too, you know, you can't just go to any preacher mm -hmm. and give your child to any old, like, exactly. just because it's part of a religion, you know, so there's levels to all this type of stuff. So, you know, you have to go, you know, you deal with the light, you have to, you know, honor the light. And, and some mm -hmm. people, you don't just don't know, you just don't go talk to anybody in the street, right? So, exactly. Um, yes. Yeah. This is where this, uh, the misconceptions come and yeah, there's power in everything, you know. There's power in words, you know, yes. there's power in thoughts. So, yeah, so, you know, so obviously there's people doing this for good and bad. And I feel like the bad is being uh, portrayed a lot when it comes to this because it's highlighted. It's, it's highlighted, it's highlighted tremendously. In um, and, and unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, the, with the elites, um, with the government, especially, there is a there is a, a campaign and a, a, a mission to repress and suppress Haitian voodoo as a spirituality, and they try to keep uphold Christianity, and it's done for you know image reasons. Uh, and unfortunately, the only leader in Haiti that actually probably recognized Haitian voodoo was the dictator, the probably the only dictator. I'm sure we've had maybe like some other dictators, but the major dictator was known as Papa Doug Duvalier. And he actually practiced, he was an openly, open, um, openly practicing 
a Haitian voodoo priest or practitioner, and he had a personal police force that worked just for him to protect him, and they were sort of his spies. And a lot of times he would hire Haitian voodoo priests to so so that he would he would want to make sure that they were powerful. And so, so and and they would sort of wreak havoc on Haiti as well. Um, they they would they basically had carte blanche to do whatever they wanted in the name to make sure in the name of protecting, uh, you know, the the president at the time. Um, you know, they they weren't like crazily running amok, but they definitely when they were uh, when when he sent someone to do dirty work to like go after journalists because there was no free speech at the time. So anytime someone was speaking out against the the president or anything or anyone was saying anything that was just undesirable they would send the tonto makut for them and so you're looking at the presidency you're looking at the tonto makut and they're all associated with haitian voodoo and they're all pretty much like bad guys so now you're at the point where you're like i don't even want to mess with this like it's just it's unfortunate because the only time it was ever publicized or really brought to the light was during a dictatorship so unfortunately and that was people associate yeah. that with negative negativity also exactly being exactly. a dictator yeah. so what are what are the positives that voodoo i mean d uh, does from the negative connotation so people can understand i would say for me personally um it, it gives you a sense of empowerment it gives you a sense of pride for your culture um, it makes you more aware of where you come from, that, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful spirituality, a blended spirituality between the indigenous and the native Africans. Um, it is an honoring, it's a, it's a story, it's storytelling as well, because a lot of the energies um, actually originated in Kemet, because as people migrate on the planet, that those certain spirits, they bring spirits in that culture over to other places and they're renamed and the, the spirit sort of sort of transforms. And um, for example, um, Ezri Dontor is originally Isis. So you get to have, you, you, you basically, there's a sense of connection and interconnectivity with Haitian voodoo. And um, it can bring healing to your life. Um, again, it can bring empowerment to your life. It's a science. You know, you, you start to have a more of a respect for nature. You have you you start to have more of a respect for the people that you live with. Again, one of the the, the two rules in, in Haitian voodoo is honor and respect. You know, and I feel like a lot of us, you know, many people forget to live by that code. And um and in Haiti, um, Haitian voodoo can be very inclusive too. There is uh there it, it's known that many people, you know, um, gay people, homosexual people find find solace within the Haitian community just because it's not like, and it's, and it's, it's unfortunate because in the Christian community, especially in the Caribbean, they sort of shun these people away. But in Haitian voodoo, there's, there's not a, there's not like a, in a putting, there's not like a pushing them in the light and a narrative of homosexuality, but there's just like, hey, you know, like you're a human, I'm a human. You're welcome here. So there is a, a sense that all are welcome, and and as long as you again once as long as you come with honor and respect, then you are, you know, you're good. And so I I, I love that 
Haitian voodoo is not um, divisive. It really does bring people together. Look what it did for Haitian people during the revolution. It's so powerful. Um, it allows you to tap in because it is a spirituality it allows you to tap in to your third eye to you you get to know yourself you get to know what you're made of um and yeah it's it, it can be very very beautiful if used wisely and correctly and in the light mm -hmm. um, yes in the so light another misconception that i hear about haitian voodoo is like the zombies like hmm. explain as much as you can because uh, <laughs> even during my research like the zombies uh was something that people did do like the puffer fish they had like this mm -hmm. uh, yes yes this poisonous uh thing substance that can make people seem like they're dead for like mm -hmm. two days or a day and then they'll be they'll come back to life and and people would be like, what is going on? They they had a post that was not here anymore, but the poisonous yeah. auction. That's so one story that I've heard that can, mm -hmm. uh, you know, attribute like the real thing of yeah. zombies and possession and all this type of stuff. What can you explain about that? Yeah. That done your work on? So from my, from my understanding, the idea of zombification is not what we think it is. It's not people rising from the dead, like that movie Serpent in the Rainbow. Um, it's more of a, it's more of a, it's more of a way of making someone docile and um, submissive to the person that has been, I guess, cursed. So you're not, so there is actually a zombie, people do become zombies, but it's more like the person was living and someone did something to them. And now they're sort of like just this driftless person. And I don't know too much about it, but I do know it is not to do with anyone dying and coming back to life. It is more of a spiritual, um, uh, like brainwashing. Spiritual like and it's, it's a spiritual attack and and uh and it said that this was um done to a lot of these slaves during the tribal wars when they started bringing some african slaves to haiti a lot of them are soldiers so they had to um actually do this ritual on them to get them to be tied up and sent over to haiti because you can't you can't um take soldiers african soldiers who are dealing with the ugon uh spirit all these all this time and just tell them they're going to be slaves you have to do something to make them docile so, so who, who did that, that to them it is said that the people who those other africans that were oh because the africans did in, sell the slaves yeah so in order to put them they had to that. put some work on them so yeah to make yeah, them docile that, wow yeah so and it is said it's Jeez. also said that during the during Bwakaima, the, the main ritual before the revolution, that was an unbinding spell as well to some of those soldiers that were sort of like, just like not not there. And um, to, to, to put that Ogu spirit back on them. Back, wow. So they mm -hmm. had to take, wow, that's deep. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so so the idea of zombification is real. It's just the semantics of it. We in America know it as you know this crazy Michael Jackson thriller, like skin peeling off. Like that's not what it is at all. It's more like a spiritual attack on someone. 
and you have to so there's a lot of spirit like i even heard like in ayahuasca um there was somebody that uh was listening talk about the experience with ayahuasca and and peru and like the mm. shamans had to do like spiritual work on people because the next the next village down was jealous that they was getting money so they spent sent spiritual attacks on them and they had to work with the very real yeah they had to work with like they had to they had to let the people that were there for the ayahuasca ceremony mm-hmm. um uh you know let them know that they was battling all night spiritually you know mm-hmm. and they actually had uh to do some type of uh exorcism off of some one of the people that was there and mm-hmm. person didn't even speak spanish but they were speaking spanish during fluently during the wow. so yeah the spiritual listen the spiritual spirituality is real i guess Very real. um it's just like the physical world who you align yourself with and the, your vibrations you have a high vibration you know and the highest vibration you can have is love you're gonna be okay because that's a very that's mm-hmm. the most powerful thing here when you start living in mm-hmm. fear and doubts and worries and anxieties and all that those are low vibrational type of things and you're susceptible like it's just like on the street if you're scared anybody can come and just punk you and be like yo give me your kicks or whatever the case is because you're scared it's low vibrational um so you know uh one thing about uh like especially like ayahuasca ceremonies we have uh voodoo ceremonies and uh even when you look at santeria um everybody wears most of the time they wear white so what could you say yes. about the colors of the ceremony itself? Yes. So white. So so with the ceremonies, most of the initiate initiation and ord, ordination uh, ceremonies, um, they require you to wear white. It's just a similarity. It's a symbol of modesty. It's the same way when you come in, you must tie your hair. In a lot of cultures, that's a very universal thing to tie your head to protect your um, your hair. Because you know, we all know hair um, carries energy, um, dealing with the um, external forces. Uh, you're also um, protecting your pineal gland. You're protecting your life force. Um, so it's a sign of respect and it's a sign of purity. So. So the and and also the color white um helps to uh, reflect energy as well as a reflecting color, so it helps to just keep you more uh, protected and balanced. Yeah. Nice. So during a ceremony, right? So you have candles lit. I've seen some of them. The candles that mm-hmm. kind of invites the spirits. We have the you know mm-hmm. symbols that invites the spirits to gatekeeper and then you have sacrifice so you see yes. sacrifice and chickens you talked about uh the revolution the haitian revolution that somebody sacrificed themselves it wasn't a hog yes. they actually sacrificed themselves themselves mm-hmm. for the greater cause of freedom for other people mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so how like i guess it's just the different energies and lu- the luars uh much respect yes different that, energies that they just want yeah. different things like one of them might want a sprite or coke and the other one might want <laughs> chicken or something right and yes, yes. like how 
whatever that person or like is trying to i guess conjure up for themselves spiritually like and maybe in a physical mm -hmm. form can you how does yes. that work? yes many times you you're asking so it's like life you you want something you must pay for it so if you are requesting a service or something help from the loire you must provide an offering um some some laws are okay with some offerings uh some of them would like rum uh, some rum uh coffee some candy uh some would like uh florida water um wine, they, they want a specific wine. they want a specific water they can be very specific they, they can some yeah I, I would just say just to be safe they're very specific some likes a traditional foods some like coconuts some like uh, uh fried goat there's a variety uh, of things so variety of things and uh some would uh, some sometimes and some and sometimes the laws will require a blood sacrifice so they require a blood sacrifice and um and usually it's a chicken or a goat you know, very rare. I mean, the first time I've ever heard of a human sacrifice was for the Haitian Revolution, and that was a recent um, uncovering because we, because again, that was a, um, a a suppressed narrative because you know they they say a black hog, but was there a black hog? Maybe there was a black hog, but definitely somebody became possessed and sacrificed themselves during the ritual. But again, and and also the offerings. A blood sacrifice is such a powerful sacrifice. You know, blood is life, is a life force, the life force of that entity. That, that's a, that's a, essentially a, a life, um, a, sp a spirit. So, uh, uh, you know, every, every, again, every law is different. And depending on how intense, how, how, uh, how great the request is, and, and again, what also what the law requires you would is how you would make your sacrifice or, I guess that's or what, what your offerings would consist I guess, of. I guess that's what kind of, um, you know, gets people a little off, uh, like to go that route because some people don't even believe in killing animals, but yet again, you're going to act yeah. an energy, you know, for something serious and what they want in return is a dead pig or something like the blood. Yes, know? it would be the blood. It would be the blood. Some some don't deal in animal sacrifices. It just um, it just depends on the energy. So I personally believe it depends on the person who's doing the ritual, what it's called through them, because a lot of times the law will speak through them and they'll ask for what's required or traditionally speaking, they'll know what's required. So it really all depends. It really all depends. So do you think they could be like, just depending who you go, say somebody's desperate, they go to a, a gun, right? And they're like, Yo, I want this. And I, they, you feel like this manipulation that could be involved even before the Luar, like, oh, they really want this, $5,000 with a... Mm, dead, there's so much of that like going a dead on. squirrel they want a dead squirrel five thousand dollars just to make it more like do you think there's stuff like that going on so like hey well you don't want it and then <laughs> yeah um this is why a lot of times when you're doing works you need to especially for those who are living in the states the haitian diaspora it's important to have people on the ground in haiti 
people who know who's actually worth going to for help, spiritual work. Um, so just like and, anything in general, like even doing your taxes, you want to go to somebody that's trustworthy. You could, yeah, you could definitely, if, if you're, I know, I mean, I know my, well, my parents will tell me a lot of people that they know who um, have gone to uh, spiritualists to get houses, to get wealth. And usually the sacrifice or the trade-off is not felt until later on in life. It could be a situation where the, the relationships will, will never go right. And we could always chalk it up to like circumstance, happenstance, et cetera, et cetera. But we can't help to notice the patterns. So that's why that's another thing. When you're asking for certain things, you have to be prepared for the consequences because these are not like, these are not small requests. You're asking for wealth and you know, you're, you're asking for huge things, like things that can actually affect your, your life and, and generations. So that's just one thing. And it, and again, it's not to scare people. It's just to make people aware. Like it's like anytime you're, you're, you, you want something, there's an offering, there's something that needs to be done. You want to be successful. You go to school, you go through the, the years of college, you put in the work, you know, you, you have to give something. So right. these laws, the laws are not going to just give you, the world for nothing there, there's right. something there is a consequence for everything and and i think that we because of fear and because of uh uh i guess it's like oh well why do they have to take something from from me to get something well that's just how it is you either want it or you don't <laughs> it's energy you know, it's like an energy uh, exchange like yo you want it's something an energy exchange yeah it's an you know it's an energy exchange and and that's just the reality of it so it, that, that just needs to be understood before you really go into asking for major things. Right. So um, your parents, right? Because you didn't grow up like this and then you had like your own awakening through college. Yes. How, how are they taking your curiosity? Are you going back into old traditional <laughs> They, okay, so when you are, because they, they didn't necessarily grow up in it, but they grew up around it, there is the understanding that this is a very real uh, um, practice, and they've seen people affected by it. And usually, it's, it's just because, like, with this, it's always just such a... A, a mysterious dark thing so they never really uh looked at it as a possible route in getting things done but uh what i would say and i and i probably wouldn't say this for my parents but just generally for all haitians and we can just get the idea because i don't want to put my parents on blast but like most haitian people will renounce haitian voodoo in public because there's However, a negative connotation around there's it. a negative yes and also there's also the fear of the soul because when you start practicing christianity you you know you're told not to look at um it, it doesn't christianity doesn't really allow space for other spirituality for anything else. they say spiritualities allow space for christianity and, and everything so when you are christianized and you are haitian it's such a conflict because you're living in a country where this practice is so real and you actually see things happening before your eyes you hear of people flying you hear of people turning and transforming at night like i'm i've heard stories 
amongst so many different Haitian people of people turning into animals. And I'm not even joking. Like, this is not a joke. Like, this is like for real, for real. There are people who don't have recollection of this. And that's for a whole other story. But if you grew up in a place where this is happening, you understand that this is real. So um, I would say they're, they're the first, the, as they're, hmm, I would say as, as far as they go in terms of, uh, interacting with Haitian voodoo is if there is a spiritual problem with someone that they know or of themselves, because you'll know. Usually you'll have someone in the family that has, is a clairvoyant or someone who, or, or yourself, you'll know yourself, you'll know when you're being spiritually attacked. Like things are not just, go, are just not going right. Um, certain illnesses are not appearing normally. Things are, are, are not like, things are manifesting and it's just, it's just odd. So you probably seek a spiritual, you find out, find a spiritualist that can help you and they'll confirm that something is wrong and you need to deal with it. And that's usually when a Haitian person would deal with Haitian, you know, deal with Haitian voodoo and participate in their own healing through that type of spirituality, because it's just understood. You can't, you can't handle it any other way. There's no amount of, and some people think some, a lot of people, especially those who are deep, deeply rooted in their Christian faith. And you're just like, it's almost like I've evolved. I became Christian and I'm not looking back. And there's so many times where people like that and their family members are being attacked and others are telling them, I'm telling you, this is a spiritual attack. You need to go handle it. They say, handle it. You need to handle it. And they say, I'm not turning back. And people will pass and it will be like, you you need to handle your business. You need to go back and handle it the traditional way. And it's just like they don't want to. It's it's like a, it's 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 you know it's it's what was done to us when they gave us the religion. Unfortunately, and and again, I know we we're, we're not attacking Christians, but it, it's unfortunately everything has a solution. And if you're being spiritually attacked, especially within the the Haitian culture, and and another person is it through with with laws and. And in these energies, you need to do it within that, within that, um, within that space, within that construct. So, so that's that's really how it's how I would say my parents would view it. It's feared. It's it's it, it's kept far away. It's almost like this doesn't exist. But when it comes time to handle things, things will get handled. Right. So. What did they say about you uh, doing it? Did they have any type of fears or they like how they go about it? <laughs> they definitely had a fear. There's, I try to be as transparent with them about my personal experiences, certain dreams I've had um, with laws coming into my dreams. Um, they, it's more of a fear. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening to you. You're and so what type, what type of dreams are those? It's dreams, messages, messages from them, um, uh, certain, in, and even sometimes it'll be certain um, laws that I'm not familiar with and everything in the dream points to them. And I would have to like do research after to find out the, 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 oh, enemy, the elements, the attributes that are associated with them and it will all just be hidden. And um and sometimes the days that of their feast days, I would have the dreams on their feast days. So I would know it's literally them. And it's it's really just very like subtle messages like you're on the right path or and, and sometimes it's like no. Like spirit guides. It's yes. 
Yes, and that's really what it is. And and especially when you are someone who is uh, chosen, because again, they have different people who deal with the laws in different ways. You have the inheritance where it, it, I mean, someone in your family was dealing with them and it's been passed on to you. You have chosen where people will, um, this, the laws will choose you upon the time that you're born. And then you have those who pay for it. They, they seek spiritualists to pay money and the spiritualists will give them the law to stay with them in their lifetime. And and so a lot of times that never works out because, because now it's like, okay, why am I being summoned to work with you? What, what am I doing here? You you now must be giving me off, you, you must give me offerings. And those are the people that have to give offerings constantly, 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 because you're not, you're you haven't organically um bonded with this with this law it's not an organic bonding it's a payment so it's like they're it's like having an employee almost it's like i'm not with you because i like you i'm here with you because you asked me to do something and i'm only here as long as you're giving me offerings and if you don't give me offerings then it's going to be a problem that's literally how that goes sometimes but um but yeah that's how so going back to the dreams that's how that that's so so in me trying to communicate with that with them um they sort of take it in uh and it's more of like like uh it's a fear because they don't know what comes with it they they know like sometimes people become possessed um i have not reached that point like that is that is i'm still evolving in my spirituality when it comes to haitian voodoo and and um and just to go back for those and and i wanted to address this actually at the beginning that the word voodoo comes from west africa and it means spirit and it comes from Voodoo and, and, and the Dahomeyan tribe. And, and it's a beautiful word. And I think that it's just been soiled and tainted. So they so put a negative think, connotation around the word. They did. The, they, yes. Yeah. Yes. And they actually mean yes. spirit. So, exactly. So so they, they definitely fear for not even, because I already kind of left the Christian church. So they they already was trying to get me to go back and they're like, you need to save your soul. But then this, this kind of like, oh my God, well, if you're already in it, then we just want you to be careful and we don't want you to get hurt and we don't want you to end up as like a mumbo that is single for life. Because there's this image that a woman who get who who um who actually start practicing are like basically their their lives are basically um attached completely to the law and they can't live the so life it sounds that like it sounds like a nun to me it's uh, yeah they, they look at it like that but it's not especially when it's a, a situation where you're chosen there's nothing required of me there is nothing all i all i personally do for my for for them in my own space because when you do honor them on their feast days it's a very personal relationship it's done in private so you so i only i say thank you I honor them. I say thank you, and that's all. That's all that's needed. It's just for for you. You're here. You've literally been with me since I was born. You've looked out for me in ways that I cannot comprehend, and so I will say thank you for that and honor you. And there's no pulling and tugging of of how your life path will be because your life is your life, and they're not God. Again, they're they're laws. They're not deities. They're not gods, but they're spirits that are sent to this earth, to this plane to help us. And they help us in different ways. They help us, they come to us in our dreams. Sometimes when you're having a conversation, they'll just be around and they'll throw a thought in someone's head that you're talking to. And and literally something you probably prayed for, you, you're thinking about is being communicated through that person. That person's not being possessed, 
but that person is is literally translating a message that you probably needed to hear so they come to you in so many different ways the same way again like you said with spirit guides angels um you know the the master numbers you'll see like subtle things but you have to be open and aware to it that's a fact spiritually mm -hmm. so have you done a ceremony yourself I have not done a ceremony. No, I'm, I've been taking my time. I've been okay. taking my time when it comes to this because it's very delicate and you need to make sure that you're in a space where um, you, you can trust the people that you are participating in the ceremony with. Uh, um, I, we, I believe we spoke, we spoke about this over the phone. There are times where there are certain malicious spiritualists that can try to take the laws that, are, that walk with you away from you and because they are more powerful you're not aware of it they can actually just draw them out of your your essence and your in, in in your path and um i've been told to to just be cautious by my spiritualist my advisor and so i don't participate in any um rituals if i ever feel like i whenever i do feel comfortable later on in life i would want to do that probably in haiti um and maybe tap in but the thing is it's difficult because you don't know which family members are actually participating and if they are it's probably done in secret so unfortunately my entire family is very religious and um so it would be very hard for me to actually go back but i know that i will be led to wherever i need to be led it'll be shown to me i'll be guided and it'll be all in divine timing i'm not rushing it because um, I just really started getting passionate about even just dismantling the notions of Haitian voodoo, you know, that's just for me, like, and, and, and even this interview, this conversation is very healing for me too, because I don't get to talk about this. This is like, I feel like every day I'm learning and I'm just like doing for myself because even friends, sometimes they don't really want to talk about it. Cousins, they, they're not really trying to talk about it, or maybe it's just not something that is um again it's the fear so uh you always don't want to be the person to freak people, people fear out what they, you know? people feel what they don't really understand too so yes that's where mm -hmm. the negative connotation of among anything that somebody just does not know and what's presented to them yes um so on that note um you know i thank you for you know coming on to open minds and talking about something that people don't usually like to talk about and um i commend you and uh i know that you're gonna do great on your spiritual journey and you find out the truth you. and knowledge and wisdom um to help serve you and your life purpose here on this plane and um this is just Thank information you. and knowledge and wisdom and stuff that people just can go do their own research you know and and really digging deep if this is something you really want to know about, um, you know, but there's, there's more on this plane than we all uh, presented to us, you know, and there's mm -hmm. uh, respect to everybody, but you know, there's, uh, there's motives, you know what I mean? And for people to have uh, entities have things go their way. So this is just to mm -hmm. open the minds of, uh, you know, what's out there, especially something like Haitian voodoo and um, other spiritualities uh, like uh, Santeria and, you know, and Yoruba, all, the, all that mm -hmm. type of stuff. So anything else you'd like to add to tell the people to close off on Haitian voodoo and, 
and their spiritual journey um, and we go, you know, moving on? Um, I guess I would just say, like you, you just said, do your research, um, come at it with, with a, cur a healthy curiosity, be open-minded, you know, something, some images that you'll see will look pretty bizarre just because it's not what we grew up with. It's not what was, uh, it's, it's, it was taboo, you know? And if you, if you look at it with a healthy perspective, then you'll start to respect it. And once you start to respect it, you'll start to be, to, to learn more about it. And then you'll see again, how scientific Haitian voodoo is, how elemental it is and how empowering it is. So even if it's not something that you want to uh, practice in, it's definitely something that maybe as a black person will help to add more pieces of the greater puzzle of our, of our history so that you can get to know yourself more um, in this, in the, on this plane on the, and on your spiritual journey. So Exactly. Yeah. Metaphysical and um, yeah, it's just all, and, you know, everything done here is in the light and for knowledge base only. It's not to attack anybody yeah. and their beliefs. Um, so much respect to all the religions and uh, definitely much respect to all the Luas um, and peace, love, and light to everybody. On that end, uh, this is Lingo Inc. Make sure you go on LingoInkBoutique.com. Copy your, your latest gear. Right now, I'm wearing the On God line. Right now, we have uh, all the Zodiac signs that are going to be out. Everybody's asking me about them. They're slowly but surely coming out. I have Aries out. Uh, Leo's coming. Everybody, everybody else is coming. Sagittarius is out. Uh, we got the kicks and all that. Make sure you follow... Uh, our beautiful soul guest here, Point Base blogger slash author at Dose D O O S E N Y C on Instagram. She's coming out with that book, and um, you know she's in. You're in the Brooklyn area, right? Yes, Brooklyn. Brooklyn area. You know, we're changing up the, the 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 game, the culture to you know, so we could be at peace and harmony as it was intended to be in the first place. Uh, for not only ourselves, but our communities, our families, and the world. And that's how we're going to move right now. Uh, please give her a round of applause for being on the show. <laughs> and until the next episode, peace, love, and light to you all. Peace, peace. You, you, no, no, no. Either they love you or they hate you or they gon' judge you. It is what it is. 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 Being your own, living your truth. All these egos and pride got something to prove. I got my diva inside, cooped in a coop. Keep your feelings inside. I do what I do. I move how I move. Choose what I choose. Third eyes, active emotion, magnificent views. There's too many options, so much to choose. What is for me is just not what's for you. Vice versa, let it all go. Most of it's not worth it. Just stay focused on your goals and life purpose. Be a student of this life and never stop learning. Never stop learning. Nah, there's some shit you just gotta accept. Your reality is created by the thoughts in your head.
You, you, Fuck what them haters say, keep stacking that paper.